Hello ASA members, Peter Schieffelbein here, and I'm sitting down today for a coffee and a chat with Caroline Holmes, the Head of Equity Research at Share Clarity. Caroline spoke today at the Brisbane ASA meeting. Caroline, you've been doing research for 30 years. Now you're the Head of Research at Share Clarity. Things must have changed in that time. And what have you learned? What would you tell your younger self about to be aware of about companies today? If I go back, I started in the industry in the early 1980s in Sydney. I worked at AMP as an equity analyst. Um, and I think I was pretty much open to just learning from the senior analysts how to look at companies, going out and kicking tyres, uh, seeing how the company really operates at the ground roots, talking to management, understanding their key growth strategy. So those aspects of being an analyst haven't changed. I think over the years, though, I've become more cynical, um, not necessarily believe what I'm told because sometimes things don't pan out the way that management would like. Um, so I've become a little bit more um, investigative in terms of the way I look at balance sheets and look at annual reports. I think some of my uh, colleagues have always thought I was more of a forensic accountant when I go through the annual report. Um, but yes, and don't be hard on yourself. I think everybody gets things wrong. Uh, but learn from those mistakes, understand the, what really drives the value of a company, what really drives the earnings of a company, um, understand the comparative advantage, what makes this company special relative to its peers, how um, in, you know, people talk about um, the comparative advantage in terms of is that going to be forever lasting? Well, maybe it's not. Maybe there's so much going on in the world, sectors, technology, um, other disruptors, that once a, a very strong company, do you think, uh, and there's many examples, all you have to really look at is just what technology has done to something like a blockbuster where the company is no longer around. So I think I've learned that uh, things are ever changing. And as an analyst, you're always learning. You never stop learning. Um, and you're always learning from your, your mistakes and, and why you got something right. You're reflecting back and saying, you know, what, what made it how I looked at that company? What was the turning point? And I think not being harsh on yourself and saying, I'm actually open to changing my view on something. Uh, I think that is the, probably the key things. And obviously technology in our industry has changed, so it's making it much easier for me to update my numbers, update the forecasts. If I uh, mentioned to the ASA audience this morning, when I first started, we didn't even have Excel spreadsheets. We started with a piece of paper and columns and everything was uh, uh, manual, manually forecasting on a piece of paper. So technology has certainly helped us to actually be much more real-time uh, getting our numbers out there as soon as possible with a change in valuation so it actually helps the end user more. And you spoke at some length about the red flags that people should be looking for when they choose their investments or when they track the investments they already have. Could you give us a couple of minutes summary on what you, what you mean by red flags and what those flags are? Sure. So um, my, my degree was in accounting um, and so I'm always looking at the balance sheet and the accounts to see if there's anything that... Um, that I think just stands out, things that don't make sense. So if I look at um, how people put, or how our accountants put together a profit and loss statement versus the cash flow statement, I think that's always a key 
key comparison I always make is looking at the P&L, adding back the depreciation and amortization, uh, which are the non-cash items, the major ones, and then comparing that to the operating cash flow statement. And if there's a huge discrepancy between the two, then that to me says, I've got to do further work. I've got to look at what's happening with working capital. I've got to look at some of the accounting policies. Are they banking something that they're actually not banking in terms of cash in the bank? Um, I suppose some of the other things I do look at is uh, companies that, are quite, that are grow aggressively, aggressively through acquisition. Clearly you have the integration risk of bedding down new businesses. You look at the multiples that some of these businesses have acquired for and whether they're actually adding or subtracting in terms of the earnings per share impact. And what happens if a company is basically grown by acquisition, like rather than necessarily a lot of organic growth, what happens when the music actually stops and they've actually had to now um, bed down all those acquisitions? Um, they've actually been able to um, show the profitability growing through acquisition, but if they stop making those acquisitions, are they still going to grow? And, uh, just going back to the big picture again for a second, do you think Australian companies do a better job these days than they used to do 20, 30 years ago, or is it pretty much the same now as it used to be then? Well, I think disclosure is a lot uh, stricter now, so uh, companies companies have to disclose if they think that their their profit for the current year is going to be materially different from what, where the analysts or the consensus market forecasts are. So there really shouldn't be huge surprises. And if there are huge surprises, it's probably going to be more about the outlook comments. Are the outlook comments for next year different from what you um, as an analyst or you as an investor would have thought, that doesn't sound right, that doesn't sound reasonable, they're telling me, clearly telling me something that uh, is new to me and maybe new to the market, and that's where you get some of the, uh, the shocks in the share price reactions to a result, where for some reason the outlook comments are different from what everybody thought they should have been. And uh, you're the head of research at Share Clarity. What is Share Clarity? So Share Clarity, we, uh, we started up about four years ago. We are a disruptor in the industry. So we do, uh, we are an independent research team. Uh, we cover 275 stocks and growing. We cover Australia, New Zealand and Hong Kong stocks. And we're cloud-based. So as soon as uh, the team have, have updated their numbers and their forecasts and valuation on companies, up it goes to the cloud. So it, we, we are probably more real-time than any other service provider of equity research in the market. Um, and we're much more uh, in tune to the technological uh, changes that are occurring in the industry so that, you know, for on any device, if we've updated our numbers, you'll get a ping that says they've updated their numbers on XYZ stock. This is the change in valuation. You might be sitting on the train or on the bus or anywhere. You'll have an app that actually has your watch list and bang, you've, you've got pretty much real time. So on the day of the result, you need to know, if you want to act on your portfolio, you need to know um, rather than be told the next day um, what the analysts have done to their numbers. So do investors pay an annual subscription to Share Clarity or how, does the, how do they pay for this service? So it's a, um, a subscriber-based business model, so it's a monthly subscription. And so the best way to, if anybody is interested in, in looking at what we do, uh, it's www.shareclarity.com.
and, and on your laptop or PC, have a look at that. There's a number of free companies that are on there, so you could actually have a, a squiz at uh, some of the ones and what we actually offer. But we, we pretty much offer our whole DCF, if you want to look at the nitty-gritty of the numbers. We it's discounted cash flow. That's right. So the, how we value, so all our companies are valued on a discounted cash flow. So 10 years of explicit earnings for our cash flow forecast and a terminal valuation. Um, and we also have, have an overview of what the company does, uh, the hit, bit of history on what the, how the company's uh, progressed over the since it basically first started, uh, our valuation and relative to the share price. So we don't actually have a buy sell hold because I think that's very much uh, you need to know exactly you know you need to get a, a advice from your investment advisor as to whether a particular stock suits your own portfolio and your investment criteria. So pretty much you have what we think the company's worth and you make your own decision as to whether you should buy or sell. Uh, Caroline, thank you very much for talking to the ASA today. Pleasure. Thank you very much.